Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the This Life Podcast with Dr. Drew Pinsky and me, Mike Catherwood. That's right. We're doing it this time. So check it out. Thanks for listening. You live. Yes, Mike, you live. Yes. It's This Life with Dr. special You Live episode with my co-host Michael Catherwood. You can find us on KBC 790 AM Monday through Friday, noon to 3. There's a podcast version of it, too, on KBC790.com, I think, or KBCRadio.com. We should have checked that out before we should, we, we should work on that. Yeah. Yes, we should. Yes, we should. Uh, also want to thank our friends at uh, Alliant, uh, they, the CSPP, the California School of Professional Psychology. Uh, again, I've worked with them for years. Appreciate their support, and I appreciate the professionals that they, they have uh, put out into the world, the high, high-quality organization. Also, we have uh, Mike and I coming up, a Swole Patrol. Uh, those of you that watched the last Facebook Live uh, saw our friend with Vinny Tordrich. We'll spin out of this. You right. live into a Swole Patrol. Uh, as soon as we get that up, we've got lines running. Do call us. Uh, and real, get- real quick, just about that, I want to say that you know, uh, with this life, obviously it's about mental health and and recovery and all these things about living a healthier life. But Swole Patrol, with Swole Patrol, we want to focus more just on the fitness and health yeah. aspect of it, and and we will do that down the road. Yeah, but this this is more blended here at you live. We'll do some fitness and stuff, and some health and some mental health and whatnot, and. Uh, uh, do do uh, make your comments on Facebook Live as well, or, or check out YouTube. We're, we're there as well. And it is my privilege to welcome Eden Sassoon in here today. Eden, Eden thank welcome. you, gentlemen. Her her uh, philanthropic effort is body uh, beauty gives back, right? Her body gives body back. Gives back that beauty works. gives back. Hey. Uh, she has a great salon that First Day of Love was just raving about. Eden uh, by Eden Sassoon. How did you not name it Garden of Eden? Because that's so typical. I know. It's yeah. too, it's too, I'm a basic bitch. Ahead. I'm a basic bitch. I know. <laughs> Keep it up. Uh, also, Instagram Live. You can find uh, Eden's Instagram there. Check it out. We are, she's... and I'm going Facebook Live right now. Oh, she's going to Facebook Live. Okay. Um, so, Eden, uh, where should we start this conversation? Uh, oh, my God. There's so many, there's yeah. so many ways you we can go. How you I've been? been amazing. You look great. Everything I just, good? I was on vacation for – I'm always on vacation. <laughs> Life nice. is a beautiful – this one's funny. <laughs> I, well, I was saying I was seeing your pictures I was like yeah that, I, I like that I like that well, I went with the family my brother you know really good thing amazing Where'd amazing. and I was happy to be back to the uh, Virgin Islands nice yeah it was really you're really back. do you train when you're do, when you're traveling oh yeah yeah. so I went and I, I thought to myself god this trip is like 20 some odd days if I don't work out so I brought my little Pilates ball my ring my weights and then I found a gym is it hard to get buff guys to do Pilates? Because I, I will no, do No, that's it. my favorite thing in the world. Do you want to come? I do. Well, I, I, my wife had convinced me a couple times, and I was like, oh, come on. This did you go? She crap. obviously didn't convince you if you didn't go. No, I did. I did. And I was I was really shocked at how hard it was. It's, thank you. Because it does so not look hard, but that, it is very hard. It's very hard. Yeah. That is my most favorite thing is when you see a man who has these larger muscle groups, and that's pretty much all you use in the gym, you get them in the Pilates on this reformer and they're just lost yeah and but it's it's for and i don't make fun i just i'm like oh, yeah. so now you finally understand what what your real body you know and, and what makes it hard holding a you know the isometric or holding a position or well you're using muscles that you don't use in the gym mm. really tiny muscles that that you probably don't even realize yeah exist. the only really tiny muscle i use usually is my penis <laughs> i feel sorry for your wife yeah it's very small <laughs> Though we had dinner with her yesterday, and she what did she say? She didn't say that. No, she didn't say that. In fact, she seemed to be like have a walking heart. Like no, it's a preference that way because he he talked about having some sort of transposition or some sort of no no no. What had happened was (laughs) what happened was (laughs) you made some contact. Oh no, I made a a comment about how I'm in recovery as well. So I was going to ask. I was uh, cheersing with. Water, and I know that the old adage is that it's bad luck to cheers with water. No sex for seven years or something. One of the girls who was there was at the table was from North Africa, and she said, 
in my culture, it's believed that you will have bad sex for seven years if you cheers with water. And my wife immediately said, well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> She's funny. I like yes, her. But, but then something else, how did we get into the small penis Because Drew was talking about uh, thyroid things. My wife oh, has yeah. Hashimoto's. Yeah. I have thyroid. Oh, she, she does? I you have do? Yes. Nice. Well, I should get, get you guys in contact. Um, she, uh, she was saying that I'm concerned about taking this T3 because uh, of the maybe the bad reaction. And Drew said, but if there is a diagnostic need, it'll level out. You won't right. feel those bad. And you use it. And uh, I said, much like my penis enlargement surgery, oh. there's a diagnostic need for it. And <laughs> my wife did not disagree. She was like, yeah. No, no. She said, no, no. She said, no, 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 no need. Isn't there medicine for that, Dr. Drew? To really. enlarge your penis? I don't know. No, no. No, no. It's, yeah, it's like, called being black. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no. Do you know we? I talk about that. I'm scared to go to go there. It's th- listen. There's a lot of stereotypes that I go. Well, it's just not nice. It's terrible. We should do away with that. It's just, it's silly. Like women are. No, that is hey, a but, black guy, I have showered with a bunch of different teams all my life growing up, Man. and black guys almost always have gigantic but, but, winners. But it is a, <laughs> it is a stereotype, though. It is a stereotype. Sure. And how do you think that makes feel the the monks, our African American peers that don't, don't have, have such them. a thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, so do better. <laughs> all right. We're, I, I don't know how we got so far off course here, but we are know. off course. It always goes. So to I, sex. listen, it's like the Chinese guys I went to high school really? with that weren't good at math. It was like, well, that's on you. <laughs> Step your game up. I won't even finish my thought on that. So, Eden, um, yes. Mike, tell her your recovery story real quick. Yeah, so I, I, was, I want to yeah. know. I will be clean uh, 15 years <gasps> next month. Congrats. Thank you, sir. Ma'am. It's a big deal. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I was just, you know, very, very basic kind of uh, American addict. I No, you're pretty hardcore. I know, but, but my point is that, well, there wasn't anything exotic. I started off drinking uh, way too young in high school, like, or junior high. Where'd you grow up? Into, uh, like Pasadena area, okay. right down the street. Um, and then, uh, then weed, and then once I found cocaine, that was like, well, this is the best thing that's that ever happened. Ever, how old are you? You're my thirty-eight. Oh, you're younger, and you yeah. found cocaine. I never, ever, ever found cocaine. I, I for me, it was meth first because it was the '90s in Southern California. It was meth was really big, and I like that. I like it a lot, actually. And then somehow it just like it shifted. Right around 2000, it became more in vogue to do cocaine and, and it just was around more and then but, i started smoking cocaine and that was the best that to me it was like perfect for me but then you were using opiates on top of that yeah oh. I, th- that's when it got really dark is when i started speedballing and i was living on the east coast at that time that like towards the tail end of my use hopefully forever um i was starting to smoke uh, heroin and, and cocaine at the same time that's when it got really dark that's when i was going to the ho- i was wow. going to the hospital every day almost every other day how did you not shoot drugs or did you i did oh yeah listen i mean i i just I like to smoke stuff. I, I don't know if anybody out there in recovery or active users get it. I just really – there was something extra fulfilling about that big plume of smoke and the, the communal aspect of uh, – because when I noticed like junkie friends of mine, they would do it. I, they'd isolate. They would do it together, but it was yeah. very – there was like they'd yeah. go on the other side of the room. Even yeah. if they'd shoot each other up, they'd tie off and silent. There's something oh. very communal about passing a pipe around and, and smoking. And <laughs> so the, the, so Why don't you we're just get barefoot and play guitar? We're discussing the, the, the positive attributes of crack and <laughs> <laughs> crack smoking. Well, and another positive attribute of crack is like it got me – I'm not a resourceful fella. I really learned a lot about chemistry, like get, like like really nailing down my crack rock. I learned a lot about like basic salts and, and bases and acids wow. and stuff. Yeah, and how to refine it. Yeah, did you do free base, which is the other way to do it? And I can afford it. It's that much more expensive yeah. to free base. Yeah, and it's just like it was. You know, what, you had to is, buy the you buy the powder cocaine. Right. And make this is in 1987. Yeah. You know, it's not like free base was all that readily wow. available. Yeah. I mean, wow. See, yeah. see what I you've mean, been missing. I, I mean, I'm learning a lot. And you, this is not the good kind of learning. Well, and uh, hey, all learning is learning. You right? asked, you know, I I will ask anything and take an answer. You've been in recovery a good amount of time too, though, right? I'm coming up on five years. Congratulations! Thank Great. you. It's, and it's uh, beautiful, beautiful much more difficult, I think, for you because why? I've because when I got clean, I was 23. I uh, just turned 23. It was like my third, fourth go at it. Right. Um, I didn't have anything going for me. I was broke. I was living on people's couches. But my parents were ashamed of me. To- no, it does because could, could I don't know. Could I don't know continued. if I had money yeah. and friends and and a job and if I if I wouldn't have just kept on really? using. Yeah, I was. I kind of very. I was very forced to confront the aspect that I could go not go on living like this. Well, I kind of just woke up on the end of my bed and said, "Hey, you know what? I heard my dad's voice. I heard my higher power, and they're like, you're done.'" 
Really? Yeah. No, nothing was happening. Your, your dad had passed. Thank God I was dressed. Your dad had passed. Yes. Oh, were, that, you, that's were really. You, were you were hallucinating your dad. I mean, I mean, you actually no, heard it. I actually was getting up, dressed. I was completely hungover, of course. And I'm thinking, oh my God, five o'clock is going to come around sometime. Get on your hike. And my dad's like, get on your tennis shoes, go hiking, because I would exercise every day, like I do. Yeah. I would exercise drunk, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I went on the mountain, and I heard like, you're done. This is it. And I was crying, and I kept crying and crying and crying, and I didn't know what was going on. And this woman just intervented intervention and bam i went to uh that day you went outpatient straight, right? no, that's really amazing good. usually there's stuff going on in your life that allows you to hear that voice well yeah i'm very oh i've always been open to energy no no but i mean that a lot of crap going down that makes oh. you open to hearing it like oh yeah I, I, there's a lot of bad things happening so. i agree with you but i no, at least in my case and i don't want to speak for eden but a lot of times in the moment, you're not aware of that other stuff. Right. It's that's just that's the, why I was asking. The that. other stuff that's exactly is kind right. of in the line. That's in exactly the back. right. Yeah. You know what it was? It was me feel. I'm really in touch with energy, and it was me feeling the loss of two men that I love, um, and they had just gone at the same time. And so for me, it was just pain. It was pain, and I, and I heard the answer to what was going to create more of a, a loving environment. Had, had you one of the things I've noticed in people when they find that moment of change mm-hmm. is they'll often have developed a, a relationship with a new kind of person. Was there anybody new in your life that you're sort of hanging with and helped you sort of see yourself through a new pair of glasses? No, I always that was always me. I was always searching for more. I was always looking so for no new what, relationships. Was there yeah, a lack well, of people had, in your life? No, I had just opened Eden by Eden Sassoon. I have two children. I have a ton of friends because I grew up here and I'm very social. Um, I had a relationship that was going for two and a half years. We had just didn't, he's 15 years younger. We just did in vitro. Uh, I mean, I had life. You, you life had just crazy. done it then or you've just done it now? We, then. Then. Um, there was everything that was happening. And then when I lost my father, bam, yeah. that little girl that, you know, kept searching for, oh, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Daddy will take care of everything. And nope. That was it. Yeah, a lot of people who have very famous, very successful fathers, um, there, it, it goes one of two ways it's either like i despise him and there's this bitterness or uh it seems like from the research i've done about you that you you really really idolized and worshiped your father you know worshiped the ground he, walked he was my daddy yeah. i didn't really realize what sassoon meant growing up um I that saw, was just normal right yeah. that was just the it's way just, life just was yeah name. and yeah. i was i'm very kind and loving and humble and and courteous to everyone i'm not we are one we are the same there was nothing different from growing up as his daughter than somebody else um in the positive sense of yeah. that. So I would always do for it for everybody. Um, but I think watching people and the way that they treated him and the way he responded made me who I am. I got to see a man who literally had everything but worked for it, treat people with the just utmost respect. And so I, I am no different. And, and, there was never a sense of like, well, I don't want to go into the, the world of hair or beauty because my dad's like a kingpin. You, you, well, I don't do very hair. Comfortable. I don't do hair, and I own the salon only because I wanted to carry on the legacy as I see fit, not as the company who owns Sassoon right. see fit, um, which is coming from a very loving, open, who are we, what do we feel, what does beauty look like yeah. to you. Yeah, just very, and health. He got me into Pilates at a very young age, and so opening studios is, I'm just paying forward what I learned from that man. A lot of people who, um, you, you, you were saying that you were, uh, exercising even heavily even during your time of yes. drinking and using a lot of people who are like that and there I, I know a lot of people in recovery that are fitness nuts almost all of them to a t myself included say there was a time and a place where i replaced my drug of choice with fitness. training oh for sure did you ever get, get to that point? well i started i think before i would gotten to really my alcohol um i trained that well, that was my life that yeah. was everything that is my that is still my addiction that is what makes me, if I don't exercise on one day, two day, on the third day, forget it. I, I, I want to ask you, because then I could see we actually have, a, luckily we have a call along those same lines, but um, for myself, and I know for a lot of people I've talked to, especially very fit, very attractive women that are in recovery, eating disorders is a huge problem. It, it's, the two seem to walk in the same shadows. Yeah, almost I mean, I would say it's taken me my entire life I got sent to Weight Watchers, Fat fat Farm is what we called it as a kid when I was 12. Um, And it really messed with me. You got sent, meaning like you you better go? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't have a choice. And and I did not like camp and I did not want to go away from home and I got sent. Um, And so from a very young age, I wasn't good enough. 
and I had this relationship with food and hiding food in my closet oh. and McDonald's and things that my father would never eat and that I would it, it's till this day I still have a relationship with food um, I'm very aware and I'm very I try to be healthy but I right. know when my emotions when I want to shut down when I want to escape I'm going to go and eat that entire pizza right uh, I, I wonder why that is and I, I you're why, why what is what because she's saying it's like she's talking through my brain yeah it's that I you know I think that I have a very healthy relationship with food but there is no middle ground I either am counting right. my macros and eating broccoli That's and egg whites right. every day all day or I'm destroying uh, pints of ice cream yeah. washing down with pizza. <laughs> I just have There's, to give up ice cream. And, and anyone who, who I talk to, even guys like super ripped bodybuilder guys, if they're not in recovery, they don't relate to that. There's something about the attic brain that carries over to... The attic brain and then also the unregulated brain, which is what motivates some of the substitutes in the first place, right? Yeah. If you're unregulated, which is sort of you know the challenge of trauma and whatever else happens when we're growing up, that we don't regulate well or effectively and so you know food substances those are ways we regulate sex sex money Mm -hmm. all of it i mean it's all but you know it's interesting because obviously there was a topic on what i had to deal with last year as far as reality show and they attacked me for beverly hills housewives yes um i could admit it beverly hills housewives what do they attack you for for my medication and so since after my sister passed away from an overdose i they went, attacked you for it yeah you're oh. sober and you take lexapro and i'm like yes i do lexapro that doesn't seem like something then they that's... must not understand what sobriety oh, is and clonopin oh. for well, anxiety there you go so and i said <laughs> well no i and i was i'm very open yeah. and i have Listen, a doctor I, the, and but I'm, your doctor doesn't understand sobriety then period well, I'm very opinionated about that. No, so. no, please, by all means, and and I think there's a point where I'm willing. Although when I fly, I get anxiety. I would rather save myself from anxiety and take point five, um, five milligrams of point five of clonopin than have to think. Where's the food? Literally, I will eat on a plane. If this plane's going down, I will eat as much as I possibly can, or like I used to, drink until I was that one person on the plane. What about dealing with the fear of flying? Um, I actually have tried that. I flew on my girlfriend's private plane. And I sat up with the captains, and it helped a lot. But I when bet that, you they loved it. The <laughs> they were like, okay, you know, join us, please. Somehow I don't think those captains would allow me to do the same thing for therapy. Why? Because eh, I'm a You have dude. a big mouth? I'm a dude. No. I'm not a hot chick. You're a good-looking guy. They probably would have loved it. You just ask them questions, guys. Like I'll to break talk. off a couple hummers for a free flight on a private jet. <laughs> I'm t- I will. Susan, any uh, questions on Facebook? Um. Okay, I guess I have to get into yeah, the mic. Well, hold on. Phone, I, yes. I, if you if you don't have one ready, Ruth wanted to ask a question on the phone that is relating to what we're talking about right. right now. So. Okay, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Hello, Ruth. Hi. Hi, Ruth. Hey there. Hi, Ruth. Hello, you live. You live, woman. You live. I have to ask, when you were a baby, yeah. like when you were under three, did people constantly say, hey, it's baby Ruth? Mm. <laughs> what do you mean under three? I still get that. Yeah, okay. All right, good. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> satisfying love somehow, good, somehow satisfying love a good pun yeah. okay okay so here's my question i'm in long-term recovery wait back that up trauma survivor uh alcohol drugs cutting eating disorder you know the whole standard shebang in recovery um i've been sober from alcohol and drugs for um just over 13 years have a therapist take my antidepressant um, you know, mostly everything's good. Um, I think in the last three years, I've had two incidences of binging and purging. The last one was in December. So it's, you know, been, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say long-term recovery, but it's been a while. But whenever I get super, super stressed, my brain automatically t- tells me that I want to binge and purge. Right. And my question for Drew and the panel is, when did those thoughts go away? Maybe not ever. Yeah, I think yeah. for me it would That's, be how do how do we um, accept them and, and deal with them? Right, the, it, and, and dealing with is the key thing. Is that you need sort of a procedural approach to when you have these things. There's things you do, much like if you know, let's say you're around alcohol or something, and you're an alcoholic. You call your sponsor. You call your peers. There's things you do to interrupt this becoming an inter- a behavior. 
right? And and the key is much like every other you know behavior, it has momentum. Once you start doing right. it, you start connecting the dots and doing more of it. It's. In, I want to just put a little fine point on what she said about the so-called trifecta. Well, we used to call it the trifecta of eating, cutting, substance. You, you're right. It is the usual shebang that when you're a trauma survivor, oftentimes cutting, eating disorder, substance, if particularly you have the genetics for addiction, yeah. go together. Uh, and are you getting specific trauma therapy, Ruth? Oh, yes. Okay. And, and just stay with that. Just you know, figure out, to talk to your therapist about some sort of procedural something you can do, somebody you can call, some support, some something, uh, when you get these sorts of uh, impulses. Uh, and in the meantime, just keep reading your trauma work, and those impulses are much, much less likely to occur. Really, it is, again, it's those are old impulses associated with unregulated mm-hmm. affect states, right? And if you're regulated more, you're not going to get those impulses breaking through. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I was just wondering, because like, I don't crave alcohol, I don't crave drugs, I don't crave cutting myself, but this one just, yeah, I know. every so like that for me right now, that's one of the ways I know like when I'm reaching my stress. Good. Well, that's, it's, a, it's a sign. But I would like for it to not not happen at all. So uh-huh. I was like, please tell me like over time it'll go away. I'd but like cravings to not happen. A lot of it is just eventually getting... Yeah, over time it goes away to the most for the most part. But I think the more you push it away and say, I don't want this to happen, it will. And so the more you become of an acceptance with, okay, this is something that I have to deal with. Um, and figure out again, like... I'm wondering, it just occurs to me just talking to Ruth, if some of the more stuff you're already into, Pilates or meditation or other kinds of modalities she could explore. I mean, she's doing all the right things from the mental health standpoint. 13 years into it, maybe it's time now to are add you, some Yeah, stuff. are you physically using your body to emotionally move through this? Because that, that works. Right. I mean, I've been I've been an athlete my whole life. I'm now I do. I'm a runner, half marathons, training my first full. Okay. So I definitely put the body to good use. Okay. Um, I do right now. I'm doing yoga every day as part of my training. I don't think of it as spiritual, but it is. I'm at least going through the yeah. motions. I, I'm not saying spiritual. Just it's just important. It's another means of. Uh, see, all this stuff is bodily based, right? Everything's coming out of our bodies into our brain. Ultimately, you know, the, we, this thing is embedded in a body. And the body's creating a lot of the unregulated stuff that comes out. So as much as you can get into your body, so to speak, it sounds a little hooky. No, but, see, I am yeah. that person yeah. that he's calling hooky. Or, yeah. um, no, it sounds hooky the way I describe uh, it. No, but, but I believe that we are just energy and we're stuck in this body. And so the more that you can grasp that energy or find a way to release it, whether it be acupuncture, whether it be yoga, massage. I mean, I do everything, whether it be working with healers that can kind of connect and, and get into places that you've probably that you are aware of maybe, but never been able to go to and release it, whether that be through crying or physical, like I've gone through some really intense body sensations that things, energy is coming out of me and it's directly linked with a past experience. Have you gotten into that? Have you found your way in? I think it was through the pain and um, as a child, I... No, no, no. no. I mean, how did somebody get you to the experience all that? Oh, oh, oh! There's many different ways. Uh, sometimes in church, <laughs> it happens a lot. Um, oh, so you'll just, you'll just, you'll just find it. It'll it, express it, itself. It just comes out. See, it's interesting to me because because with patients and stuff, I always find that to be an interpersonal experience when those things because you know we co-create our relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's sodium and there's chloride, and together it's sodium chloride. Mm-hmm. Humans are the same way. We mm-hmm. have we have. Eden, we have Drew, and together we form this thing in between us that's called the relationship, and that tends to help people. You know, what I experience about Eden, I can reflect back to her, and that may release some of the, mm-hmm. what you call energy. Mm-hmm. Was it that kind of a thing, or were you just sitting by yourself? Uh, well, not by myself. I, I was just in Cabo. I do these destination for, for healthy living, and I sat after our Pilates class, and we were I was meditating, and through this meditation, all these emotions <clears throat> okay. excuse me, so, started coming so up. Meditation. Yeah, okay. and then it was a three-hour process. Susan, any more on Facebook? Thank you, Ruth. Thank you, Ruth. Appreciate it. Thank good, you. Good luck with everything. He waits so I'm totally not looking. Um, you were looking at your phone. No, I, I, I know. I'm, I'm scrolling around and looking and sharing all over the place so people can see this. Um, I'm on Instagram Live. You guys have questions? Yeah, yeah the Instagram guys. What do you got? While, you, while, while Susan's looking, um, yeah, I, I, you, you talked about how it's hard to get guys to do Pilates, like, you know, macho men. No, I it's found- not hard. All I have to do is, hey, you want to come to Pilates? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, it's motivating, yeah, for you. Uh, but when 
what about meditation? Because I find people who are reluctant to meditation almost always are. There, you know, there's either the there's the type of people who are like, look, I'm going to keep going with this. I'm disciplined enough to do it, or whatever. Then there's people who just see it as as nonsense. And I, and I wonder how to kind of transfer people over because I find it a really really valuable tool. I agree with you, and I think that if you're if again, as we know, I mean. Being in your head is not a great place to be, especially no. for us. Um, Sorry, here's no, a question. Please. I'm on depression meds, but sometimes I have suicidal thoughts. How can I get them out of my head? Do we know how old a person it is? Did it happen before the medicine? Are you on the right medicine? Yeah. Uh, hey, here's, here's the thing to keep in mind. The, the adolescents can have an exacerbation of suicidal thinking and even cause suicidal thinking being on an SSRI. Yeah. Uh, and it can be dose-related. It can be drug-related. So it's something to keep an eye on. Be very careful with an adolescent with an SSRI. With an adult, uh, usually it reduces suicidal ideations. If you're noticing persistence or an increase in suicidal ideation, you have to call your doctor immediately. Again, we discussed with Vinny how, how treatment and medical management is a navigation. It's not, here's your medicine, you're fixed. Yeah. That's it's what you, Karen said. Who said? That's what Karen said right below. That was the next comment. That's what she said. About call being your doctor? She said, call your doctor. Yeah, yeah. call your doctor because yeah. that is a medical emergency. Suicidal thoughts are, depression can kill people yeah. through suicide. And that's a medical emergency. So you call your doctor, I'm having suicidal thoughts. Now, if you have a plan or you have an intent, then it's a, then you go to emergency room. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really serious. I, I mean, I, I also think that even medicated, I, I'm on uh, Wellbutrin. It's been like my third crack at uh, different drugs, SSRIs. Mm-hmm. I have suicidal thoughts pretty much every day you know in a particular context or anything yeah but but my point is is that i've I've been very open with my doctor i have uh, long conversations with him about it uh jewier um uh lorne michaels i call my my (laughs) my shrink are these thoughts like just your kind of silly imagination that thinks hey what if i did this and that would be kind of cool or is it they become fleeting because i take control of it i realize they're just thoughts and but it doesn't change the fact that they they occur right. with with you know relative frequency, and I didn't even realize they came with that kind of frequency until I was talking to my my therapist with my wife, and he said, "You know, if you're experiencing uh, suicidal thoughts, uh, we need to talk about that." I was like, "Well, I am." He Did he say it to you in Hebrew or next just heavy heavy <laughs> Israeli accent? This close to Hebrew, <laughs> and he said, "In in, in uh, you know with what uh, how many times?" I go like how many times a day? He goes, "What do you mean?" I go like how many times a day? I don't know four or five. He's like, well, wait a second. You're having suicidal thoughts four or five times a day. I go, yeah, but uh, you know, it's just like it's like it plays out in my movie screen of a brain, and then I. Well, get I, I, I'm, of it. I, you're, you're, so, you're being vague about describing it. I hope it's not for, <laughs> for reason. <laughs> so let me just drill into it a little yeah. bit. Do you mind? Sure. And, and Eden, I want you to help me with uh, yes. with Mike here, and maybe uh, your, gladly. Your Instagram live people. Well, she's it's different questions. I, I but please, my, let's help. I drown him. in my own funk. That's okay. how I do it. So describe Let's when the, when give me one because it happens four or five times a day. You must yeah. know that hap- you can you can certainly pull Is out this pre one. or post orgasm. Sorry. Oh well, I mean, all thoughts are post orgasm for me because is it immediately post? Oh, well, you're always post orgasm. I'm always right, post orgasm because okay. I beat off so much. So. All right. Okay. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, was worth, it. <laughs> worth it just for Susan. So, um, so here's the deal. So give me the, the like the last one. When did it come on? What time? Uh, of day? What earlier today. Uh, trying to fix my daughter's trampoline. Uh, she, uh, use use of a gun. You imagine using a gun. Yeah. Just all of a sudden, it pops into your head, or yeah. you, are you frustrated uh, doing the? No. no. Sometimes I'm even in a perfectly fine mood, and and then what, what happens to you physically? Um, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like when they, like, like on The Biggest Loser, when they talk about cravings, it's, a, I just get control of my feelings as opposed to, um, allowing them to, or my control of my thoughts. And I, I do almost like a mini, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy where I have no, to kind I, of back no, up no, where I get it comes that, from. I, and then, no, I get, where does it come from usually? Out of nowhere. And then I, I think it's a laziness of my kind of like regulating my emotional states where I almost get, uh, kind of comfortable, like, like, like lethargic with my my uh well-being my yeah yeah i mean so well-being triggers negative because i'm depressed guy i do i do have to put in work sometimes to just feel happy i don't know that you're on the right medicine you should not be be feeling this and you should not be having these thoughts and i've been on medication since my sister passed away and there are times where i go through slight depressions because i'm on such a low dose he's like take a half and i feel 
all right, my serotonin's up, and yeah. it's kicking in. I, I had suicidal thoughts last weekend when I had that eye procedure when I was wearing these gla- dark, dark glasses That's last because week. because your face I literally, was falling off. I literally said to myself, if this goes on <laughs> indefinitely, I will have to kill myself. Yeah. That's why. So so for me, it's something that you do when you're in really in pain. Well, I am. So And that's why I say I get, I get lethargic because I have to – listen, but, I'm constantly suffering from the idea that I just don't. There's no real reason for me to be here, and that I don't. I'm not a good person, and that I and no one likes me. Is this left what? over? From- <laughs> Where's your gratitude list? You're an amazing person. You said you're married. How many children do you have? I have one. One child. Yeah. You're a great looking guy. You're very healthy. Thank you're you. Smart. You're funny. He's searching you're sitting for this. in a room he, with. He's looking for this. Next to me. <laughs> Where <laughs> the hell's your gratitude list, buddy? <laughs> All I have to do is drop my pants, and those compliments <laughs> would go right away. Uh, I, I get it. I beat myself up too, but it's the minute I step into, I am so blessed, and what can right. I do for that person? And well, then what, that's all gone. She's right. I, you're, she's you're right. right. You're right on the money, and that's my point. Is that I, that's how I have to kind of regulate my feelings moment to moment. Is that I have to remind myself, uh, stop feeling this way. It's just do you, do you weird ever, thoughts. Do you ever do a gratitude list? Yeah, sure. Last year, I mean, I used to do. I used to have an app where I do it every day. Right, okay. sit there. Does but I, I mean, I don't consistently do it. Does no. that help? Not really. Yeah, I mean, and is, defi- and is this all is this all shame help, and guilt know? from your previous behavior? I think so. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, the isolation that was surrounding my use. Uh, you know, it got me to believing pretty. You know, I, I guess in a visceral way, more so than an intellectual way, I conditioned myself to believe that I was just this person that was really like my survival was futile. Um, and then, then I think a lot of sexual trauma leads me to the. I'm very, very ashamed of like the idea that I I created this world where, uh, you know, and I, I think it's only gotten worse since I became a parent because I started to transpose myself into my my parents' point of view, and I think about like what a pile of sh- what a pile I am to have created a world where I'm so disappointing to my parents, and I think like how I would feel if I my daughter was me. I would what, be so What about ashamed. just living in the moment again and well, being that's, really that's grateful it. for being you? Yeah. The past and, is the past. And, by the way, let's say you have a child who does take a dark journey and gets out of it. You'd be so grateful for that's who they are and that's their thing. Yeah. And Probably. Look at them. Probably, yeah. So let's, let's take a little break on that happy note. <laughs> We're going to talk about our friends at Alliant, and we're here with Eden Sassoon. Give us your calls. Uh, check out your comments on Facebook and on Eden's uh, Instagram Live. We'll see you in a second. Well, one of the great parts about working in recovery is seeing former patients successfully move on. And I've had patients that have come up to me years later and uh, shake my hand and say, you know, sometimes people are kicked out of treatment. And uh, many of these folks move on and become mental health professionals themselves. And, of course, the field of psychology is vast. The need for competent practitioners is huge. If you're considering this rewarding career, I urge you to consider the California School of Professional Psychology at Alliant University. Now, I've known them for a long time at Alliant University. I've spoken at their past events. It was founded in 1969. It's boasts an alumni network of nearly 50,000 people worldwide. And Alliant has fostered many of today's mental health pioneers, authors, and advocates. CSPP at Alliant University hosts both on-ground and online programs in business psychology, marriage and family therapy, clinical counseling. They also offer APA-accredited doctoral programs in clinical psychology that can allow for specialization in child psychology, clinical forensic psychology, and integrated psychology. And the faculty is crazy. It's made up of, of leaders and historical figures like Abraham Maslow, Carl Rogers, Victor Frankl, some of the true fathers of modern psychology. For more information, and I've worked alongside of these students as well, by the way, in the clinical setting as well as having lectured at the institution. So for more on the California School of Professional Psychology, CSPP, at Alliant, click the Alliant banner on our website or visit Alliant, A-L-L-I-A-N-T dot E-D-U, Alliant dot E-D-U. And welcome back. It is the You Live version of This Life podcast, and appreciate all you out there on Facebook Live. We've got Eden Sassoon in here with us, and Woo! Instagram World, or Lando Instagram. <laughs> and uh, Mike, we're going to go to calls, and you're in control of that right yeah, now. So yeah, yeah. Let me get it. to uh, Jessica in Washington State. Um, again, these, uh, this has a nice, good delay, which is useful on a live show. So uh, <laughs> in a moment, we will be what, talking what's to What's your name again? Jessica? Jessica, Jessica. yes. And uh, we are again joined by Eden Sassoon. It was very nice of you to come in today. Yeah, Eden, thank, thank you, you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure always. Thank I you. have a real quick, while we wait for Jessica's call to get on there. Uh, Jessica's there, by the way. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Real quick question. How... I always talk about this Hello. with like people on uh, MTV shows or The Bachelor or any of that. Uh, hi, Jessica. Real quick. How, how was it dealing with being on a Real Housewives show being in recovery? That does not seem to compute. Those two do not, because most of those broads are just smashed all the time. Yeah. Brandy was in recovery, wasn't she? 
No, no, no Brandy was not. She's still not, and she's and you know what? I see, I see her for what she is, and yeah. she's got has her journey to, yeah. to deal with. And she's always been nice. Um, to me. Kim was in and out of recovery, oh, right, and Kim, she's right. in recovery. Yeah. Um, for me, it was great. I actually got to see them and be like, "Oh, you're gonna wake up feeling like shit tomorrow." I'm yeah. sorry. Well, I get to go to the gym and live a beautiful life and just do more for others. So that's why I'm not back this year because the, I don't. There's, there's, it probably didn't make for a interesting. How you probably didn't, and I mean this as a compliment. You probably didn't make for a very interesting TV housewife because you were probably no, they, self-aware and not right, drunk. Right, exactly. And, yeah. and so what the people who do admire me um, kind of come at me and, oh, I love you and I love you for your truth and I love you for all the things that housewives don't, don't now, represent. That, the, the other thing um, that for the normie population it's hard to get is that when you're using, it blocks your ability to feel. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and, and and no normies don't have that. It's not so much. You'd have to use a lot to block our feelings. Right. And, and while with if you're an addict, the alcohol, the drugs block it. That, that's why people get ner- nervous about your clonopin. Like I right. would get nervous about that. Right. Because okay. I would feel like you're not having your full experience all the time, right. and your addiction Even brain when- might kick in a little bit, and that then off you go. Before bed. I'm just saying okay. it, it's that risk, that right, risk right, right. that Got bothers it. me. And somebody should have discussed that with you in great, great detail. <laughs> I don't know if that's happening. But help help, help the average person understand what, what that's like. That you know, When you're using oh. even a little bit, the feelings are just sort of blocked. Numb. Yeah, numb. But I can do that with exercise. I can mm. do that with flirting with men. I can do that with shopping if Flirting with it numbs your feelings. It doesn't heighten your feelings. It well, I get that high, get the high. and then once and then, the high then, comes off, I'm going back down. Right. Mm-hmm. So the the high numbs your feelings. Mm-hmm. Mike, want to add to that or, or, or in what that, sense? Like is is that how? Not how, how what, what do you mean directly? Like well, love is a drug for me. I, I just don't yeah. think the average person understands the the blocking and that that the high blocks feelings. That the next day you can't have feelings and that that ability of the addict brain to be distant from feeling states even when you're using even a mild, mild well, because, or behavior. Yeah. I mean, I think I think one of the biggest aspects of empathy is self-awareness. I mean, you have to be uh, you have to have at least some level of appreciation for yourself to be able to share and appreciate other people's feelings. And when yes. you're high and using especially in in an addict capacity, your self-hatred and your self uh, your self-deprecation is so high that it makes it very difficult almost impossible to 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 embrace other people's feelings or even to acknowledge them. You know? Okay, so we're, we're the, the, those are two different experiences of addiction. I'm, I'm hearing, yeah. but both common. <laughs> which is yeah. he, he goes into the self-loathing and isolates because of that and can't connect, and then you're just numbed, and you find I behaviors, go numb and, and I you're just... finding behaviors to help you numb, whether yeah. it's high or low. It's yeah. numb. And let me yeah. let me be clear yeah. this this self-deprecation, this self-punishment that I went through, it was very selfish. Yeah. It wasn't as if no, I was I like, it. oh, I see myself as no, so no, little. No. It was indulgent. No. Yeah, you know? and and by numbing, I'm not talking about the kind of numbing we get with trauma i mean literally numbing yeah. <laughs> literally in, in a in a novocaine med, med, no. yeah novocaine kind of all right jessica go ahead jessica hello hello hi jessica hi baby <laughs> hi yes it's nice to speak with you nice well. to speak with this, you this is where you tell us i what, have a question let's do it i have a question dr drew mm-hmm I have um, a hormone imbalance, and I'm on progesterone cream, and I and I have leg swelling, and and I was wondering if I also have a wedding issue, and I was wondering if that's a pinched nerve, and if you know about those conditions. Nothing you said connected. Wetting a wedding? You mean wetting your yourself, like going pee pee? Yes. Okay. So uh, well, I can it's speak not, from experience, it's not but hold on. Afterward, it's it's a wedding condition. I, what? Have you had children? What is it then? I, no, I've not had children. I'm 33 years old, single, disabled person. I haven't had children. Physically disabled from what? I have autism, sir. Okay, so, yeah. So, Jessica, I, I'm sorry, but I would have to know more about what's going on medically. What, what the things you've mentioned don't connect in a in a significant way. Uh, you're, you're talking about. You know, I have edema. I understand you have leg edema. I understand you're on progesterone. I understand you have urine incontinence. Those things don't necessarily line up unless I had a lot more information. So I'm sorry, Jessica. I would need I'd need to sort of look at your medical record to see what's going Should on. Should she here. go to her physician? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Go to your doctor. Have him or her explain that to you. So, so, but I'm you know I'm guessing there's a lot of stuff going on there neurologically. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, thank you for the yeah. call, Jessica. I wish. Um, 
But, uh, yes, I have a lot of stuff, but I just thought you might be able to help me. No, but I would have to see all of it and see what treatments you've had and it would take quite a... I would need a lot more stuff medically to, to really sort it out. So thank you, though. There we go. I just wish it would drop faster. I mean, she probably, you know, mm. maybe wheelchair bound, maybe, yeah. maybe some spinal issues, maybe some maybe some actual brain structural problems. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Jerry calling from the great state of Tennessee. Hello. Thank you for calling. Eden Sassoon is in studio with us. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> Hi, Miss Hesson. Hey, Doc. Hey, uh, Psycho Mike. What's up? They also have a rooted for me, Phil. So I'm one of Vinny's clients. Uh-huh. And uh, another guy left earlier. But, I, but I've been dying to talk to you guys. I've been listening to you guys on Loveline. Yeah, we get it in Tennessee through uh, through the Internet. We listen on a little app. But listen to you guys for years. Listen to, you know, listen to you talk about training on Kevin and Bean. And a lot of times you've talked about ketogenic stuff. Yeah. But... Like my my girl and I kind of we did no sugar no grain, but I I was an army ranger so I come from a training background, right? And I used to attack things more like working out, like an obsessive compulsive addiction to physical activity as mm-hmm. my form of diet control. And my girl is more like I don't want to touch a gym for any effing reason. Mm, yeah. And so diet is kind of the thing for her. Yeah. If 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 you're, but we we need to be kind of on the same plan. Because we eat together and it's motivational for each other. That's interesting. How, if you honestly, unless unless question. you are a unless you are a competitive athlete in something really glycolytic, um, boxing, MMA, Olympic lifting, then there's no reason why you couldn't be in a, in a ketogenic Similar. state. Yeah. Because yeah. that that's okay. the only real. That's, you that's, say that's you, I, I I I live in the gym. I love to train. I love to train hard. If I was going to and I and I literally, literally he should like. Throw in some more fruit on the sides when sh- you know when you're not eating with your with your girlfriend, right? And, That's and about the, it. Um, I also uh, Vinny's outlook on no grain is perfect. It really is a great great way to look at things. And then if you want to expand on that a little bit, it sounds like you would get a lot out of reading Mark Sisson's book uh, of like the Primal Blueprint or the Primal uh, Primal Endurance because he. He, he's a fat fueled guy that can also make it a little bit more flexible for people who want to dive into some more glycolytic stuff occasionally. Yep, there you go, my friend. Don't you believe to well, each their own? When, also? I, when I came back from my, I'm sorry. No, I was just bringing well, up. Well, a Eden's, Eden's gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. It's it, not, it, not a bad I, point. I think it really is to each their own. I think that people's blood type plays a situation. Well, I think what's you're, you're absolutely correct, but he's saying together they influence each other in negative ways when they sit down to eat. Well, yeah. yes, I because think because they are yeah. so different. So she has a significant. We both were just naturally like I don't. We were both we were like naturally good looking and shaped people, and then Love it. when and I was a few years older than her. When I came them. back from Iraq, I gained a hundred pounds. Oh, he gained. Yeah, yeah, it was it was stupid, but and not to put the blame game, but a lot of that was I did not have poor eating habits from from as far as eating garbage. But I had poor eating habits in that I never worried about my weight. The regula- regulate the wanted. regulate the consumption amount of it. Yeah, you're probably so wildly physically yeah. uh, active. I totally get it. No, I mean, how many every every professional um, football player I know, or, or high level football player, Division One A, or college wrestlers, they all go through that same thing where they they, they spend twenty five, thirty years of their life being able to eat whatever the hell they want, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like it's over. Um, but yeah, no, I, agree. I was a college wrestler. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, so you you you're it, so it, so it, so it, unbelievably. It that we're in the south. Yeah, and she grew up around more like I guess you'd say a multicultural area of eating more of the fried okra and like crazy stupid southern yeah. food. And I I grew up eating healthy like you know healthy stuff like fish and shrimp, but still eating like a dog. Yeah. So. We affect each other's addiction. We got it. We got it. Uh, no, I, I listen. We got it. We hear you. Step one, identify your basal metabolic <laughs> rate. You know, and it's going to take two or three weeks of really getting to know how many calories Jerry and Jerry's lady need to put in their body to maintain their body weight. Then, you know, make modest, okay. modest uh, decrement, you know, decrease moderately from there. But you Moderate. can do that through- word. You can do that through also regulation of your grains and your sugars, which is where you know Vinny's ideas come in, and and I think they're very useful. How does he figure out his basal metabolic needs? You got honestly, you got to calculate how much you eat for like three weeks mm-hmm. and see how you fluctuate. If you're if you'll notice very quickly if you're five six hundred calories over, um, and you'll and vice versa. You just notice also the way you feel. Yeah, 
I mean, numbers don't lie. I get on the treadmill in the morning, and then I go to Pilates, and I know how many calories I'm burning, and then I pretty much know what I can eat that day. It's a lot of time. This is, you know, with the average person, that's a lot of time exercising, and the average person doesn't have the time to go to the store no, to get don't. vegetables or the no. money to buy vegetables. Or, so it's really- Yeah, but the, you say that all the time. And like whenever I, we I'm talk not, health and fitness- I all the time. I just no, want to say, I want to acknowledge that it's hard. But when you say health and fitness- Whenever we're, we're, we talk- we are, we are nuts. Whenever you talk right, health and fitness stuff. Yes. Hold yeah. on. Whenever you talk health and fitness stuff, you go, yeah, but I have clients that won't even take a pill. And yes. I go, well, then they're going to be fat and dead. Th- that's not being a good doctor. I'm part. not being a – but yeah, no one's so, asking me to be a the doctor. They're asking, asking me to be, me a, to be. Yeah, Okay. If the person that can't even take their medication because they're too undisciplined, don't look to me to give you nutrition advice. It's that, not they, – we're worlds apart. I understand. That was my word, discipline. Yeah, I, I understand. Word. But 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 I live in a world yes. where – I have to try to help people. Just it's like saying if you don't want to get sober, get the hell out of here. No, it's, I, it's not. No, it's not because there's a bit, there's a wild difference. There's many degrees of I'm taking my medication to save my life. That's fine. Don't that person's not going to go to the store and buy the vegetables? Okay, so don't That's even part ask. of saving their life. Though, but sometimes. They, but they're not going to do it. If they're not going to do it, they're not going to do it. You can recommend that they do, do it. But if you're going to say to me that I've also on top of saying clean up your diet, prescribe them 200 milligrams of so and so. They can't even take that every day. It's hard for them to do it. Okay, then it's going to be literally impossible for them to read an entire book about dietary guidelines. That would be impossible. Follow the guidelines, gauge their better. That's it. That would be it's impossible. not going to happen. So I just That's go. Right. Well, then you do but your thing. But there are other. I'm, I just, so you're saying how bad do they want it, and what are they willing to do to I, make right, it happen? Jerry sounded like the type of guy who definitely is going to follow through. I, I, that I, stuff. I really, I can't get people to go to the gym. That's very hard for people. We all love it, but a lot of people really find it uncomfortable. See, I try to lead by example. Obviously, we all do, and people are like, "I want to be just like you." I'm like, "Careful what you're asking for," yeah. but. Yes, I can motivate you to get to the gym. What about but but if you're talking in a life saving capacity, do they have to? Can't they just walk thirty minutes a day? Yes, okay. That's where I go next. Okay, and, and that's hard to get people to do, or they'll do it for a while yeah. and stop. And it, yeah. it, I'm just I just want to acknowledge how hard it is for some people. And um, my job is to motivationally enhance, right? And to get realistic goals and to get things started. I and, I agree, but I also and think there that are people I've given up on that, from a that, clinical standpoint. It, uh, the, the, and the there's two, some people who can't. The, the clinical thing. standpoint, the two there is carryover because in a clinical standpoint and from me just meathead guy and for for eating from eating giving Don't advice. Don't dare call me a meathead. No, 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 but I'm saying for if, I'm sure there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of women who look to you as as a motivation and and, yeah. and, and an icon for what they want to look like or how they want to live. And the, just like you when someone steps in your office, um you know like some people need to stay in their lane. If I see, if I see a guy at the gym who's 23 and shredded and he's like what can I do to get to 2 more percent body fat? That I'm going to have a completely different yeah, set of guidelines right. than the my dad but, who's but, but, 70 pounds overweight and 70. Right. And so Mike, we're talking to a general audience here I right. assume. So I just want to acknowledge to the the Michael Catherwood father. I'm, yes. I'm not sure I should use his real name necessarily. <laughs> oh, the you, Dwight, sir? Oh, the Dwight. Yeah, everyone knows the you. Dwight, Okay, sir. so whether I, should, whether I should have the, the Dwight Catherwoods represented as well as yeah. the, you know, the meathead in the gym represented. Right. We, we've got to kind of acknowledge, you know, everybody we're talking the, to. The caveat here is that my dad is probably 150 pounds overweight and 73. Uh, I obviously am not going to prescribe to him my workout routine and my diet. But my dad is the guy who will take that pill. Is the oh, yeah, guy? Oh no, he'll follow. So, so that my, my point was that if Drew, if you're going to say you don't understand, I have people that come into my office. It's very hard to get them to even take their medication. I go well. Then why why would you even dream of giving them dietary but, but, advice? But you then know? I would take somebody like your dad and I'd go, hey, very good, well done. You seem to want to take care of yourself. I hate to give you medication for something we could correct with diet. And you got to stop. Go to hell. Should, yeah. And and so there's. There, you have to get philosophical. Sort of That's thing. exactly yeah. it. I always ask my clients who come in and do Pilates, and they're like, I want to be just like you. I said, no, you, you don't. But tell me exactly what you want. Yeah, right. And until they can really understand what they that's want right. and then what it's going to take them to get there, that's up to them. Right. And I do – I think and, when and, those and, people uh, – and I'm sure I, I totally understand – any girl of any age wanting to look like Eden. I totally get it. But the goal should really be to be the best you. Exactly. Not Because I, I mean, well, I've, I've suffered from be that. Be the best you, and some would argue that lead the best life. Right. And and that, for some people, is a good life. Some people, it's an enjoyable life. It has different meanings to different people. I will tell you, but to a large- Being the best you and leading the best life may separate. I will tell to a large popula- part, uh, portion of the population, including a large, large portion of the people that listen to this podcast, working out the way I do- Eating the way I do, living my life the way I do, will not it will preclude you from living your best life. Maybe because it works maybe. for me. Yeah, it's but what I'm saying I like. my, my point is is that there's no there's absolutely no guarantee that by 
getting in better shape or eating a certain way that is going to get you your best That's life. That's right. Two, yeah. two quick stories. One, I'm going to be on the Partially Examined Life. It's a philosophy podcast. I'm, nice. I'm, I'm freaked out and probably excited about it uh, next week, I think. And um, Talk about and Wes Allen from that. Yes. Oof. Wes Allen from that that podcast is on the Dr. Who podcast right now. Uh, and I asked him and I said, you know, I said I sometimes become philosophical. Let's describe to people what philosophy is supposed to do. And he goes, well, how to lead an ethical life. It's a little bit about politics. But ultimately, it's about how to lead a good life. I go, I'm glad you said that. How do you lead the good life so from a philosophical perspective? He goes, I have no idea. I go, okay. <laughs> I go well, the whole project is now you've, – you've, you've said the whole philosophical project is a failure. That's what you've said. No. So I'm starting with that going to their podcast. That's so. why – that's, I think, why philosophy still exists after – you know, seven thousand years. I've, I've been spending the last couple weeks preparing for this it's because they don't know the answer. And still. I am deep in Hegel and Levinas, Sartre, and, and Sartre, mm-hmm. and and I'm telling you, it has been a very satisfying experience. Yeah, really, it's really depressing. Yeah. The Sartre once you get into the postmodernism and the, uh, no, very, forget the, the it's uh, very very depressing. The, uh, yeah, the Derrida on that crap. Forget it. But but Sartre, I always hated. I've got a little more respect for him. Huge Hegel, dong. Hegel, I'm suddenly deeply invested in, and Levinas can go. Waste of time. I wrote a book called Hegel and Cream Cheese. We'll get into it. <laughs> Thank you. That's d- funny. D- anything before this first day of love we want to, before we wrap up, anybody want to hear from on Facebook or Instagram or? No, I I think that we're about ready to close right. this one up. This, uh, Eden, thank you. Really, it's I always a privilege. Thank you for having me. Soon, everyone. It's, it's a very, it's, always, we are, we've gone in different directions with you a couple of times now, right? It's been really fun both times. And you've, you've, I listen a lot more than I talk, which is, you know, well, it's a no, good thing. But I, people tell you look like I, Marissa Miller? I've gotten that. You do a lot. You, you bring it, and I appreciate you bringing it. I appreciate you being here. And, and, yeah, you know, not just listening, thank but engaging. And this, sincere this. congrats, uh, sincere appreciation for you coming out today. I'm sure yeah, you got a lot. So let's to let's do. get all your stuff. No. What, what beauty giving back? What can people find there? What if they want? Oh, beautygivesback.care. Um, dot care. Yes, it's dot okay. care. It's uniting, uniting the beauty industry and then helping end the water crisis. And then Eden Sassoon is my personal Instagram, Sass Eden on Twitter, and of course Eden by Eden Sassoon at the salon and Eden by Eden Sassoon Pilates. Mike, anything you want to promote before we go? At Mike Catherwood on every outlet. Everything. Uh, go to Dr.com. Again, appreciate you guys on Facebook. And we'll all, you know, KBC. check that Dr. Drew podcast, the Adam and Drew podcast. What's that? Uh, KBC. 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 Well, it's not KBC.com. It's not KBC.com. It's like, I think it's KBCRadio.com. No, KBC.com. KBC.com will send you to ABC Television in Los <laughs> Angeles. It's not KBC.com. Okay, do KBC790.com. Yes, KBC790. Make it all right, we'll see you next time. Remember, you can find all these podcasts at drdrew.com. The Dr. Drew podcast, the This Life podcast, and the Adam and Drew podcast, which is available five days a week. Find them all on iTunes and rate us five stars. Subscribe and get it first. And if you're really happy, click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com to help support the show. We'll thank you for it. If you join the email list via drdrew.com slash contact, we'll send you a weekly infusion newsletter with Dr. Drew's News. We're so grateful when you get in touch. We read all your emails and we'll bring you the subject matter you want to hear about. You live.